welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Only two more episodes of the Gamers Inn where we're not going to talk about Horizon, even though we talked a little (laughs) bit. It sounds like you were about to say, like, only two more sleeps till Christmas or something. Like, (laughs) kind of, like, depends how fast your week goes, right? Like, I mean, it could be, could feel like two more sleeps until Horizon. I mean... No, it's, no it's, it feels like 800 million more sleep still horizon because it's not here right now. <laughs> that's true. Have you put any more thought into like, you know, uh, what you're going to do if you don't get your giant massive elephant crate by uh, on the Friday? Yeah, I'm kind of waiting because I figured that they'll send me like a ship notification on like Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I'll be able to tell if it's actually going to make it to me by Friday. And then if it's not then I'm absolutely just going to buy a digital version so I can play it because I need Ryan. I need it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, it, it, this is the thing. Like I, I, we said this last week, but I, I think, I think you could easily find someone to uh, buy your digital code at cost. I mean, you could even like trick Adam into buying, not even trick him. You could just <laughs> say like, Hey, don't worry. I know you can't play video games like day one, uh, but here's a digital code that you can give me like, you know, uh, eighty nine ninety nine plus tax for, um, <laughs> plus tax, <laughs> you know, you got to make sure he, he knows what he's in for. No, I, I think, uh, I think that's a smart move. I, I, I don't think you'll have any issues, uh, getting rid of that extra code, but yeah, I'm excited for horizon. I keep seeing like, you know, when you get close to movies coming out and they keep releasing like all these trailers and spots and TV spots. And here's a trailer for the, the new enemy type. And here's a trailer for the mini game. I've been, I've been seeing those and you might be proud of me. I've just been scrolling past them. I'm like, Nope, that game comes out in in just over a week. I don't need any, I don't think I've watched anything past like the trailer that came out when they announced the delay, maybe like the game awards, I think uh, was the last trailer I watched, which would have been, after they delayed it but still like there's so much content out there uh for horizon forbidden west in terms of advertising and marketing and i'm just not touching it i'm like yeah no i haven't watched anything i have no idea about anything at all like i keep skipping any of the trailers they put out like i am trying to keep my expectations as low as possible yeah well still knowing it's a follow-up to like one of my favorite games ever (laughs) sure yeah, I think so no pressure yeah. on them. <laughs> no, I think it'll be fine. I think the one thing that came across my desk was uh, some sort of mini game they've added. I don't remember there being mini games in the first one. Like uh, mini games, probably the wrong word. Like uh, uh, what? Like I don't know. Little little activities. You oh, you know, like Gwent in in. Uh, I was gonna sure. say, did they put a card game in it? <laughs> I don't think it's a card game. I don't know. I honestly, just, I I don't know what it is. All I saw is that they have some sort of thing that the inhabitants of uh forbidden west play and i and i immediately read that i was like oh that sounds like gwen i mean yeah <laughs> probably not gwen but it sounds like a version of the way that was set it's up it's the same idea yeah which i also love that you're like there's only two gamers ins left where we don't talk about forbidden west and mm. now we've spent the first like five minutes of the show talking about forbidden west <laughs> i mean i just i felt like uh it was the only way we were going to be able to talk about Forbidden West. So next week we will do a, a Forbidden West free episode, a good palate cleanser for everybody. Next week is just going to be like Jocelyn's impressions of Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh my God. I saw that you, okay, we got to talk yeah. about it. It's not in the notes, but we got to talk about it. So you have uh, 
downloaded, subscribed? Like, what have you done with yeah, this Yeah, okay. So, um, I don't know if it's because their servers are still overloaded or what, but you can't actually do a free trial anymore of Final Fantasy. So, um, I did purchase, like, the $20 base game. I think it's um, the Realm Reborn and Heaven's Ward, maybe. I think there's like, there's, like, one expansion in with the base game. Um, that you can buy for $20. And I think you can play for free up until you hit level 60, I want to say, which I think is all the original Realm Reborn content, which is going to do me for a really long time. Like, I'm not going to need to to subscribe to it. Um, but you do need to, like, invest the original, like, $20 into buying the base game. But, um, yeah, so I did that. And I created a character because you can't create a new character on a realm where there's a queue. So basically, like, I, because the whole plan was, okay, so what happened was, (laughs) (laughs) let me go back to the beginning. Um, So I put out a tweet on Fridays when, uh, to like ask people what they want me to stream. And uh, so I put um, the two kinds of Hearthstones, Battleground and Standards, and standards. Oh my god, I'm plurali- pr- pluralizing all the things that are, shouldn't be plural pluralized. <laughs> Anyways, um, battlegrounds and standard were on the poll, uh, Dead by Daylight, and then I said other, and other got just as many votes as standard Hearthstone, which is pretty much like my OG core audience is in standard Hearthstone. Um, and everybody in the comments was like, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy. Garrett tweeted at me about Final Fantasy and got like 25 likes. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll try it. But because like, I mean, my husband plays a lot of it. Matt has been, he's been raiding in Final Fantasy. Like he's not coming back to Warcraft because he's having such a great time. Like everybody, all my friends who've left Warcraft have left for Final Fantasy and they say it's great. And I'm like, oh my God, like I don't have room in my life for a third MMO because I still play ESO a lot and I still raid with my WoW team. We're taking a few weeks off now or maybe a few months, who knows, waiting for the next um, the next patch and the next raid to come out. But I am still actively like participating in a raid over there. So I'm just like, I can't do another MMO. If I do another MMO, I'm not going to have time for any other gaming experiences. So I was like, all right, so the plan is so I created a character on Matt's server. I'm going to play it for a three to four hour stream on Friday night, this coming Friday, the 11th or whatever it is. Uh, so that's happening. But I am not committing to it in a way that I commit to, wow, I am not raiding. I'm not doing any group content. I'm just going to go through and experience like the questing single player type stuff. That's it. <laughs> I I can't. And everyone's like, why are you starting this a week before Horizon? I'm like, because I'm going to start it and then put it aside. <laughs> like, I am okay. not committing to this Final Fantasy cultish lifestyle. <laughs> I look, I I know that you have a lot of MMO friends that are playing Final Fantasy 14. And I know the main reason people still play WoW is to be able to hang out with their friends. Um, I'm just going to put the, put it out. I'm sure it's been suggested. And I'm I'm curious, like, has there been an, a thought to maybe say, okay, wow, we're going to hit pause here for you. And then we're going to maybe recover some of that time for ESO. And then maybe three quarters of that time for final fantasy. I think you have to, I think before you answer that, the caveat obviously has to be, you need to have been enjoying your time in final fantasy 14 before I think you, you turn the 
the wow faucet off right like exactly uh, yeah like i have no idea like i say i made my character because if i tried to make my character on friday night there's a really good chance i wouldn't be able to create a character because all the servers would be full so now i've created my character it's ready to go but i haven't actually stepped foot in the game yet so i'm doing that like first steps into final fantasy like at the start of the stream on friday so i'll have more impressions for you guys next week about what i actually think um and yeah it's Final Fantasy is not my jam. <laughs> like, I know nothing about it. At least, like, going into Warcraft, like, Warcraft was just so, like, pervasive. And, you know, I had so many friends playing it and all the rest of it when I when I picked it up originally. And with ESO, obviously, I know, like, I played Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim. Like, I had a lot of Elder Scrolls, like, worldly knowledge. I'd already been sucked into that universe. But with Final Fantasy, like, I've never really played any of it. So, like, I was, like, watching the, like, intro cinematic that plays as soon as you launch the game. And I was, like, reading all the character descriptions and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, this sounds okay. But I'm just like, I have no, like, touchstone with Final Fantasy. So it's not, like, pulling me in. And I know I've only gotten to the character creation screen. But I'm just like, eh. Eh. <laughs> so we'll see if I actually stick with it. I might only play it for that four hours of the stream. We'll have to see. I'll let you guys know after I actually like get in there and feel, get a feel for the mechanics and stuff. I will say I have watched Matt play a little bit over his shoulder when he's raiding sometimes. And like the spell effects and things in that game are so freaking cool. Like animations and spell effects really kind of blow wow out of the water but that's pretty much every game at this point wow is like 20 fucking years old like mm -hmm. <laughs> with no major graphical updates <laughs> uh i'm curious and I'm, I'm i don't know if people at home are asking this but but i'll ask it i i have no information i haven't played final fantasy 14 and i think i played the first time it came out like before they rebooted it and then after they rebooted it and that was my sort of experience. So very minimal, but I, I do have a character somewhere. And maybe I shouldn't, maybe I should edit this out because now I'm going to end up having to play too because Garrett's going to send his, <laughs> his uh, you said, you called it a cult, I guess. Yes, uh, they are. Oh my God. So okay. many, like, and that's, that's been the thing is there's been so much pressure to play Final Fantasy ever since WoW really started shitting the bed in Shadowlands. Like, that's where everybody went. Like, some people went to SWOTOR. There's still a few people who are loving the Star Wars, but that was an easy note for me because I don't love Star Wars. So I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm just going to pass. <laughs> but yeah, Final Fantasy, like, I, I might really like it. We'll have to see. But like I said, I'm going to I'm gonna take my first steps into it on Friday. If you guys are interested, um, I stream over at twitch.tv slash jossplays, J-O-C-E plays. Uh, and usually I get started around eight o'clock on Friday night and go for about four hours. So we do a, like an evening stream, eight till midnight. And uh, it, like, it's been a ton of fun to be doing the Friday night streams. I've really enjoyed it. Um, I just <laughs> I don't know how much I'm going to love Final Fantasy, but we'll see. I'm going to I'm a conjurer. So apparently somebody tweeted at me. That means I get a unicorn real fast. So oh. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm sold then. <laughs> That's all you need to tell me is that I get a fast unicorn. <laughs> well, that was, I, I was going to ask like what character you created. So a conjurer, like, is there, are there like character? So that's a, the class, right? Like what, like what? Honestly, uh, I don't know because, okay. and this is the thing, I know nothing about Final Fantasy. So I vaguely know that there are like jobs that you do and your jobs are like your, your class in a more traditional thing like there's jobs like your job is paladin or your job is warrior or your job is white mage like 
but I don't know where a conjurer fits in in all of that. Like, basically, I went to go to create my character and I'm like, I don't understand any of these words. I don't know what this means. So, yeah, I don't know. I just pushed a bunch of buttons and then someone told me I was going to get a unicorn. So, smiley face. (laughs) Maybe you'll get the unicorn in the first four hours and then you'll be... Then I'll be hooked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we shall see. But yeah, I did go. I was thinking I would go kind of the the magey kind of route because I was thinking eventually I'd like to heal because that's what I like to do in, in Warcraft as well. So I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, check out the stream on Friday. One thing I have played this week and finished and you guys, um, this is going to be a spoilery chat. So if you haven't kept up with inscription, then <laughs> warning spoilers here. Ryan will put um timestamps in the show notes but um i finished it mm-hmm. i did i finally made it through and you guys ryan has so many horseshoes crammed up his butt i don't know how there's any ryan left could i not just be like really good at inscription instead of being no. super okay i just no, was, i want to throw are- that out there stupidly ridiculously lucky um yeah i so- guess Basically, the amount of time it took Ryan to defeat the entire game is how long it took me to get through part one. (laughs) So part one is like, it's very, very, very dependent on the RNG in terms of like what you're actually offered and like the bonuses that you get on your on your squirrels. So if you get squirrels that grant three times as much blood as normal, then you're going to be able to cast a whole bunch of big cards that are going to make a lot of the mechanics basically useless, like trivial. And if you don't get those, you get absolutely rolled over. (laughs) And there doesn't seem to be too much of an in-between. And it did really seem like there was like, one strategy that would get you through and if you weren't able to accumulate the correct set of like cards and bonuses you just weren't going to make it through um which i did find a little bit frustrating but yeah it took me about 10 hours to get through part one and then it took me i guess probably about like four or five hours i think i'm just going to double check on steam to see how much time i actually played the game Um, but yeah, Ryan, I think you said you got through the first part in a couple hours. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, I felt like the first part, uh, well, I'll say this. I mean, I'll walk back my earlier, you know, statements a little bit. I, I ended up getting, um, you know, near the conclusion of part one, they introduced the totems and they introduced, I think, yeah, uh, see, I got the totems like two hours into part one, which was not nearing the conclusion of part one. For you. Yeah. you got the totems, you shit horseshoes, and then in your next run, your totems were amazing, yes. and you just blew through the end boss. So, for me... <laughs> I had totems for like eight fucking hours, Ryan. <laughs> I, I have a feeling a lot of the things I'm going to say about... Uh, <laughs> inscription especially from a gameplay perspective are are going to um cause cause pain uh, <laughs> on the other side of this discord call here's the thing um so yes i got lucky uh they they at the near the end of the game you're unlocking um as you're playing through the game and you're progressing through your runs um i feel like from a design standpoint i think uh, someone in discord was talking i think it was um 
uh, I, I can't remember, Lord Commander in Discord, you know, he was saying something about, um, it feels like from a design perspective, there is progression tied to how many times you lose. So you need to lose like five or six times for there to, uh, for the, the puzzle to trigger for you to unlock the squirrel head for the totem. Um, so I remember getting that. And uh, I think that's, um, it stays with you all the time. You always have it for every mm-hmm. run. It, it stays on the table. And I think m- the run or two after that, I got the worthy sacrifice uh, bottom part, which basically turns all your squirrels from one blood to three blood. So when you sacrifice them, essentially you're able to summon the the all, the most powerful uh, uh yeah because the highest cards. the highest cost cards cost you four blood yes that's yeah. the highest they ever go so you basically get like the, the the three cost and the four cost cards which are the most expensive cost cards in the game you can do them from turn one instead of having to like take turns to draw squirrels instead of drawing from your deck to you know like you can just basically jump into the mid to late game right from turn one like it's a huge advantage yeah well the bosses are doing that too right i think oh, that's yeah, the where... bosses totally are and that's the thing is that you can keep up if you have three blood squirrels as opposed to getting totally rolled over and trying to kind of like claw your way back mm-hmm. yeah so i i think that really really helped me in terms of uh <laughs> finishing part one I yeah. Think, well, yeah. and the and when you're after once you once you're introduced to totems and you start to get offered and you find the squirrel head and I didn't find that tied to anything like you can basically go into the you can go into like the room around that first table and you can I think you can solve basically every puzzle right off the get go. Like there's just there's a safe with a combination on it. So you could brute force that there's a there's a clock on the wall and you can brute force that um, there was the painting that I was never able to do. Yeah. Um, which you can't really you can't brute force that one. You just have to like stand up immediately from the table, go look at the photo and then try to replicate that with your board. Um, but then in terms of those four puzzles, I'm trying to remember where the key came from to open that cabinet. Anyways, once you get the cabinet open, all four puzzles are available to you and you can just stand there and do them, which is what I did. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's one puzzle specifically with the eye, the magic eye that you need, uh, which is the combo to the lock. Although I suppose you could you could look it up and, and just skip ahead. But um, mm-hmm. I think that uh it's so funny uh it's it's not funny for you it's just it's just the world being funny um in that the there's a the we talked about the mod that they're developing which is essentially making part one like a, a an infinite loop mm-hmm. um which was kind of i mean you might have already played that i guess but uh <laughs> <laughs> it did feel like that definitely and i think it, so I very much enjoyed part one, and I think the transition from part one to part two was the part of the game I really liked the least. Mm-hmm. And if I like, if I hadn't known that you had finished it, I might have just stopped in part two. I thought that part two was kind of interesting because it introduced some more deck building mechanics. So basically, part one is all about beasts and blood and bones, and that's how you... Um, like that's all your cards are beasts. All of the costs are blood or bones. It's a very kind of like organic feeling. 
And then once you get into part two, it like opens up and reveals that the guy in the cabin with his beasts is only one of four scribes. And each of those scribes has their own method of creating cards and their own style of gameplay. So there's uh, a robot. So he's got all like tech bot cards. There's um, a like sorcerer guy, a mage, and he's got all like um, colored mana, basically, um, instead of like sacrificing cards for blood. And then there's the um, like undead skeleton lady and she's got all her own mechanics and stuff too. So it's like, it was interesting from that point of view, but then they totally changed the aesthetic. And instead of like sitting at a table with a creepy guy, because that was the thing that I found through the whole entire game is that like all of the, I guess, marketing and stuff around the game was like, it's an escape room cabin. It's a horror. And there's this monster across from you and blah, blah. And that's only part one. And then they go to this like 2D I think, Ryan, you you told me it, it reminded you of Pokemon something? Yeah. Like the Pokemon TCG or something? Yeah. So on Game Boy uh, Color, there was a uh, trading card game, Pokemon game, uh, where you where you you basically played um it was like it was like a pokemon overworld but when you battled people you you had cards pokemon still existed but instead of battling with pokemon you were battling with like the pokemon cards that you would collect in the real world and um that's what this really reminded me of when when you shift to part two and 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 i think you're absolutely right that shift from part one to part two um i was uh i was also kind of caught off guard and i think if i hadn't have played the pokemon trading card game i'd be like oh you know this isn't as uh appealing you know yeah um, i didn't find it as interesting at all like i mean like i said the the fact that you could kind of like choose between the four kinds of different card mechanics was interesting because you start to go like um really into the world like it basically throws you into what the game is meant to be before the creepy guy in the cabin like took it over basically so um you go into a this 2d retro style game and i was just like okay the card mechanics are kind of cool you start to open these digital packs which again obviously is a trapping of a digital card game i'm very familiar with because it's super hearthstone but um you just like I don't know. It it lost something for me when you weren't sitting across. Because for me, that was the big thing that pulled me into this game is I'm used to playing with just a board on a screen, right? But it was, there was something about the perspective and the sitting across the table from someone that just was so cool and so different than what I'm used to in all of my other card games. And then all of a sudden they took that and reduced it down to this like 2D, like you have the the like board on one side and I can't even remember what was on the right hand side of the screen but like the place that you were playing on wasn't even the whole like didn't even take up the whole screen like it just I don't know it was super super like old school retro like Ryan Game Boy Color (laughs) era uh card game and it oh man it lost me so hard yeah it's uh it it's it's tough and I think that's where um I think I, I, we, I'm trying to determine like what, how much to say here, but basically like, I think, uh, if you're playing this game and you get to part two and you're, um, you're kind of like, oh man, this is, this is really tough. 
like um in terms of wanting to continue playing and i mean we're in the spoiler section but i think i said this to you when you texted me he's like yeah i got to part two and it's and i'm missing this and this i'm like okay don't worry Part three, you get back to yeah, that. Yeah, you kind of, you you didn't even full out come out and say that. You were just like, oh, yeah, stick with it. I also didn't really like it. And then, like, at one point you said, like, something about part one and part three. And I was like, oh, okay, so it comes back. Okay. Um, and, it, and it did in a way, but even in part three, you play against the robot, right? So you're still not in that. It, it loses that like creepy horror stuck in a cabin escape room feel. And you still do some of those same puzzles, but it just like, it's it's not that like visceral organic feeling, right? You're playing with robots in a robot factory. Like mm-hmm. it just, it was just that little bit different. And I didn't really like the map as much, like the map in the first part when the when the cabin guy is the one in charge of the game. It's very like Slay the Spire treasure map looking and whatever. And then you go into the robot version and you can't even see a greater map. You just have to click on directions and remember like where you've gone and where you haven't gone. Like, I don't know. It just it was very like meh for Mm -hmm. me. And then then they show you the like as you start to, I guess, kind of like delete the game, they let you play in like the wizard's world and in the undead lady's world. And those were also really super cool. Like you go into the wizard world and he like straps this like Yu-Gi-Oh looking thing and you're both standing on these pillars onto your arm and you have to like play the cards out onto your arm. And it was super cool. And I was just like, man, I would have loved a game that was just like where you could challenge those four opponents in their own, like in that 3D kind of world and just build up your deck and make these like cool, powerful combinations of the different styles, which you can kind of do. Um, But yeah, like I would have loved to just like bring all that stuff together and just play that as a game just with like, these are your four opponents and like make up like mini bosses or whatever, but like play in those four arenas and just leave it at that. Then just play the card game because it seemed like a good card game. But just as I was starting to get really powerful, really interesting decks, it was like the game was like, oh, well, you're OP now and I don't have any bosses for you to defeat because you're just rolling over everyone. So change of venue <laughs> and wipe all your card collection and start over. And I was like, OK, <laughs> so it, like it, it was interesting, but I felt like um just as I was starting to really get attached to my deck and and understand its play style, it was like the game was pushing me in a different direction and and starting me over at zero again. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I I think that uh, I really felt that with part one, uh, part two. I kind of just um, there's an auto uh, build. I, I'm terrible at building decks. So you mentioned in part two, you get a bunch of booster packs and you slowly build your cards up. And uh, I did dabble with. Um, once I figured out in order to get the auto complete to work with the different deck types, you had to go to that deck uh, tab and then hit auto complete. So I love that there was an auto complete because essentially it, it allows you to build whatever deck you want based on the card yeah. you have. And that would have also made your playthrough a lot faster too, because I very much when I was like, when I'd get a new card or go into a new encounter or whatever, like I was building my deck and like tweaking what I had. And I'm not a great deck builder either, but I can like recognize holes in my strategy or places that can be shorn up or or how a new card might be helpful. So like I was going in and I was tweaking stuff and 
you know, like taking different kinds of decks into different places and things. And so like, I think that took up a lot of my playtime as well. So I did look it up and it took me, well, it says I have 19 hours played on stream on Steam. And I know that there's like significant chunks of that playtime where I just wasn't at my computer. <laughs> like I left it running a couple times. So like, I think I probably ended up with about, I would say like 16 hours probably of playtime. And literally the first 10 hours of that was just getting out of part one. After I got out of part one, I never got stuck again. Yeah. Um, I just kind of like played through the rest of the game. Yeah, the game uh, after part one really loses um, or, or it doesn't lose, but it tosses out those mechanics that make you quote unquote start over. Um, yeah, there really isn't a reset. Yeah, if you lose a boss fight, like so if you lose a boss fight in the in the um, robot world, all it does is chuck you back to the most recent save point, which is never that far away. And then you might have to like go up and over a couple times to recover your gold, but then you can just go into that exact same boss fight again. Whereas mm. like in the first part, if you made it all the way to the end to the last guy, then you'd get to the last boss. And if he kicked your butt, you started all the way over again and had to do the prospector again, which I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to hear one more freaking metal on metal, like, <laughs> oh God. <sighs> prospector yeah <laughs> and and you have this stupid freaking cat in your deck the little stout guy who's like oh prospector boss again eh i'm like oh, i'm gonna punch you in your stupid card face <laughs> okay well i don't well, want to be here either <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's talk a little bit uh you know we talked a lot of mechanics we talked uh, we, we did we, yeah we, we've dabbled in the, the story a little bit but i want to talk about like those i would you call it like the meta sort of like the conversations that are happening outside of the mechanics, like the cards start talking to you. There's uh, obviously we talked a lot about part one and how you're interacting with objects in the cabin to try to escape. Um, I thought it was uh, really cool the way that part one evolved. I think part two had less of that. Part two felt like, yeah. as you said, you were playing like a you were just playing a game, like the real inscription game. Yeah, the the quote unquote like developed by okay, so this is the other thing. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned it a little bit about Pony Island. Uh we established, I think, off off stream uh or off off recording that I didn't actually play much of Pony Island. I I touched on it, but I think you did that episode with a guest. So this is my first like real start to finish like playthrough of a game from these guys. <laughs> and there's like a whole like real world outside the game component to it. So there's like inscription, the game that you're playing. And then there's a layer of like a fake real world reality. And then there's like your reality as, as the player, like me and Ryan. Right. So there's a story in the game and then there's a story in like the fake reality that's happening as well. <laughs> there's like multiple layers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are uh, these, these multiple layers. I think that it's interesting. Um, I, when I was first playing, I think I was trying to get to a save point and I wasn't cause I had to stop playing and I wasn't sure how saves worked. You get to a certain point in the game. Um, it's established that you are, you are uh you are i think his name is uh luke the lucky carter he's a youtuber uh and he's filming himself playing this game that is not evident until i think after a few loops when 
the you start to see some camera effects. He, I don't know why he has a computer. I'm sure he has a, a capture card, but, <laughs> but he's filming himself play. Yeah, you were supposed to believe that he was sitting there with a camcorder pointed at his computer screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it, you know, it, it is maybe it is. early YouTubers did that. I don't know. I was not an early YouTuber. Maybe in a world before capture cards, that was a thing. Who knows? <laughs> maybe. Uh, but but either way, like he's filming himself play, and every time there's a battery change, you get to browse the footage. That is set in a way where. There is like set points in the game where you are unlocking uh, the ability to browse this footage. And the first time you do that, I, I didn't actually watch any of the footage because I, I wanted to save it. So I was like, okay, I can I can probably navigate back to this, no problem. Um, turns out you, you can't watch that footage again until you've finished the entire game. Yeah. Um, so I was missing. Which means you must have been really lost. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't too lost. I think like by the time you unlock the second one, I think really you miss in the first chunk, you're missing like how he came up uh, to oh, have yeah, inscription. How he, yeah, how he actually found the game in the first place. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Which, you know, there's a lot of mystery sort of, um, you know, set up there. Like he had the cards. Uh, the boosters he bought at a, a yard sale. The boosters had coordinates on them. The coordinates are near his house, and he gets he gets he digs up this game. And it, I really like that framing of him. You know, again, everything's content, so he's like filming himself do everything, and he's like, "Oh, I brought good thing I brought another battery." And he's like walking through the woods, and he's digging up this 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 car game. I thought that was really well done. He starts to dig and actually hit something. And he's like, has this like, Oh fuck face on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was well done. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not Oscar worthy, but it's like some of the better, you know, FMV stuff that they've done uh, with games. And, and I think they did a good job. Uh, I think as you continue in the game and you get more of that, I liked the idea that this was, you know, uh, very much like a cursed uh, game. I didn't really understand the whole, like the company behind it, like basically, you know, coming to yeah. his house. That was a little weird. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing that, oh, yeah, it lost me in, in a lot of places because I felt like it was trying to be like mysterious and obscure for the sake of being mysterious and obscure. And it kept talking like the game itself, like the characters in the game kept talking about like the old data and you can go to different por like parts of the game and like find there was like, um, there was a picture of a girl who I'm assuming is the girl that like died in the fire. And then there was like a picture of that looked like an ID badge from the department of defense or something. And I'm like, it seemed like they were just like dropping these little pieces in to be like mysterious. Like, of course, it's the military. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. But like they never really fleshed anything out or really answered any questions. And then at the end, it's like, I don't know. I'm assuming you watched all the footage now, but like yeah. um, at the end, he's like trying to talk to reporters because the game tried to like take over his PC or something and like distribute itself to the internet. And, you know, like this, he's like basically trying to like tell the press about, you know, this malware of a game, basically. And then this like woman comes to his door again and then just kills him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so you just really wanted your game back? Like, this isn't the thing that drives me that kind of made me go like, what 
the hell is even happening right now is that like inscription as a video game isn't even supposed to exist. So I guess this girl was like coding a version or like building the video game or something from a card game, which obviously is something that has happened like time and time again, like Magic, Hearthstone, like there's tons of these examples of card games that have been like ported over to computers. Um, but I guess like, so she was working on it. She had the only copy, but then she died in a workplace accident that got covered up or something. But you're saying like, you think the game was like cursed in like a supernatural way. Like, is that what your takeaway was? I, I think so. Like there's something about this game that was that was made not the physical card game but the the digital game the digital one yeah um that was made and it it, it basically it was the jumanji effect you know like something yeah. about this digital game was was causing uh problems and uh you know it killed the one of the developers um and then after that they kind of just shut it down and, and tried to make it disappear and i think that's where there's some leaps there, I think, for me, but I think that uh, that's the idea is like the company is trying to a cover it up and and be like make sure it doesn't well harm anybody else. But again, like, but then she ends they, up killing yeah, but them. They, like they killed them. Yeah. So like, did they just want their IP back or like I don't know? Anyways, I found the like the real life part of the story was just really confusing and then the in-game story is basically like these four characters the the wizard the the necromancer the guy with the beast in the cabin and the robot are vying for control of inscription mm -hmm. and so when they control inscription then they are like that's when you get like the robot in the factory version the guy in the cabin version and so like inscription itself the game changes depending on which of these four of them are in charge and at the end of the game the necromancer basically says like we've been in this like loop forever let's just delete the game and uh and so that's like how the game kind of ends is like it deletes itself yeah. <laughs> so it's like that was the other thing Luke dies after that's already happened. Like, he could have just been like, it's fine. Nobody's going to steal it. It's deleted. It's gone, right? So. Yeah, but he knows. Yeah, yeah, I guess he knows. But, like, what does he even know? He doesn't even know what he knows. I don't think like, he knows I, what he knows, yeah. No. <laughs> like, we don't even know what he knows. <laughs> no one knows anything. Luke didn't have to die. <laughs> he, he didn't. I thought, like, the ending was like, ah, okay. Like, you didn't need to have the evil company come back and 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 kill him and and maybe we're missing something but that ending where the game is deleting um you know visually in real time as you're playing through and it, you get to revisit all of the the, the scribes or, or whatever uh, of the game and things are deleting as you're playing um and is essentially just a way for you to have a conversation with with the mm -hmm. uh, with the scribes, like it doesn't matter if you win oh, yeah, or lose. You can't, you can't win in some cases at all. <laughs> yeah, because the game is is deleting around it's you. It's deleting and around you. Yeah, they made you know when they built this game, they made assets for this. You know, they don't even call it part four. It's really just the conclusion, the the, the yeah. finale, and they've made specific assets for those matches that you know last long enough where it makes sense to to build you know for it. But like not long enough where you're spending more than 15 minutes. Um, I think you were fighting off uh, the wizard 
and mm-hmm. and they they have like the whole Yu-Gi-Oh battle slate yeah. on your hand and I thought that was really I was like I want to play more of I that. I want to play that. Yeah, exactly. That was the, exactly the same reaction that I had playing against both him and playing against the necromancers. I mm-hmm. was like this these like settings I would have spent so much more time in here. Like it would have been really cool if I could have just like defeated the cabin guy and then moved on to the necromancer in her crypt and you know like hadn't done that whole part two like weird 2d throwback retro card game part like because you're literally like walking around like a 2d world and going into these like 2d area i don't know i just it really really like brought me out of it at that point um but yeah and so there was like so at one point and it's part of it's part of the in-game inscription story is that basically the robot is like the most evil of all of the scribes because he's the one who wants to like basically spread the game around the internet um and so he like so there's three mini bosses for for both the guy in the cabin and the robot and the robot's mini bosses are like they're weird and very invasive. Like, I <laughs> almost, like, shut down the game because I was like, I'm actually really not cool with this because there's a there's a mini-boss where you have to, um, like, choose a file on your computer and it actually, like, goes into your computer and, like, pulls up your files and you have to choose, like, the biggest files to click on and, like, to do the damage based on the size of the file. And I was like... I am not cool with just like this game being all up in my shit. <laughs> like yeah. this feels really weird and I like not a fan. <laughs> there's uh, I, that was I was going to, you know, scoot back to part 3 uh, and I'm glad you brought that up cuz there in part 3 there are some specific mechanics that are uh really neat and essentially it's like m- parts of um what a what a game would have. So there's like internet, uh the one you're specifically talking about is data and mm-hmm. it is able so the game i i looked it up afterwards because i was curious because i i kind of went through it and you might say i got lucky but um i went through it i didn't <laughs> i didn't lose the file so essentially they make you wager a file they ask you to like find the oldest file you can mm-hmm. and wager it and if and if it dies it's gone i, I i'm going to delete it like the game says it's going to delete it the game obviously does not have those permissions but again that's what I was, yeah <laughs> it just felt weird <laughs> for a game to be saying that <laughs> it does and and this is the thing like um you know not everyone's as tech savvy as you or i they might be playing this game and and see that and and be a little worried there's no warnings on the steam page but obviously the game doesn't have those permissions and i looked it up and i guess like if you do lose that file um it doesn't actually de- it obviously doesn't delete it but it'll create a, a text file um, uh, in the same folder saying basically like, Hey, I actually don't have the rights to do this, but you swore you, uh, you, you, you agreed to the terms. So you have to delete the file yourself. And, uh, <laughs> which is, is creative, but like they warn you when you're getting into that data fight, they say like, Hey, before you continue, make sure you're cool with people. Like if you're, if you have people watching you play, uh, make sure that, uh, make sure that they don't, um, like if you don't want to share what your file names like your folder names are and i thought that was a nice touch they worded it obviously better than i did it's like worded in game that makes sense but there's a lot of that yeah which i didn't even understand it as a warning like i remember the part that you're talking Mm. about now but i was like but because i hadn't actually seen what the game was going to do yet i was kind of like 
Well, that's what even is that sentence? That was a really weird thing to say. Like, what's going on? Why are you warning me about like if people are watching me? Like, what do you mean people watching me? And I thought it was like an in-game thing. Like, yeah. I thought it was talking to like Luke about like the company watching him. Like, I had I, it didn't even like occur to me that it was talking like you know if you're streaming on Twitch right now, Jocelyn. <laughs> yeah, like if you're gonna go into your well i you know what you know basically what they're telling you not to do and it's it's kind of weird it's like so that was that, that's invasive but in the same you know part three where you're fighting the internet i thought that was a really cool way of, that was really it, neat it was really neat like you're able to uh build a, so they bring the build a card mechanic back which uh, is a little more advanced in part one when you're building a card you're you're building your death card when you die and you reset the loop in part three when you build a card you are actually sending that card to another player uh, to use. That's happening, you know, via the internet. And again, like you, you kind of have to put your. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I thought that it was like okay. So the part I was going to say was really cool. Is it took my Steam friends list mm-hmm. and took all of their like avatars and stuff, and then so it would be like on the other side of the board. It was like Garrett's trying to kill me. Ryan's yes. trying to kill me. And like you guys were these crazy OP minions and I thought it was really cool and fun and like this neat little like wink to, you know, the internet and Steam and everything else. And, you know, because it was pulling people straight from my friends list from Steam and I was like, that's really cool. Um, But yeah, the build a card for the internet thing, my card, I guess probably because like Inscription's been out for a while now, but um, or something, I don't know, maybe it was the time of day I was playing, but it bounced back at me. And gave me like an error and was like, oh, there's nobody to send this to. So hope you weren't trying to screw anybody over. <laughs> like, and and it put the card in my deck. <laughs> yeah. So they do say, uh, so I was reading, again, I was reading up on it online because I was like, okay, first I want to know, like, is this thing going to actually delete? So, Because you could, obviously I've had my computer for quite a while. There's some important files on there. Um, you know, some early gamers in stuff. So uh, obviously for the larger file, I picked like a, like an, uh, a huge video file that i had from probably yeah i'm pretty sure i picked another game it was like 25 gigs or something (laughs) yeah and again like you kind of have to put your trust in the game and i figured like the game's been on around for a while if this was actually deleting files i don't think people would be recommending it yeah i'm pretty sure we would have talked about it in the news (laughs) yeah and then but but the internet part like i looked it up and it's like yeah you're actually sending that card so you didn't get to experience this I, i so i sent the card i was playing at a time when someone else was playing so when you send the card, you get the play-by-play. You don't get to see it, but the robot's actually describing, and they're actually saying, "Oh, yeah, we found someone. Okay, I've sent the card over. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. They've they've now gotten your card, and they're playing it. Ooh, oh, and then it kind of goes through in real time as that person's playing, and you're getting feedback on what's happening. And eventually, it's like, oh, they won. Yay, you did it. Well, as agreed, you won. Since they won, you won." It's all good. Let's end the match. And that's how the match ended for me uh, oh, against the internet. I just had to, yeah, I just had to play it out. It just, it put it in my deck and then, yeah, I had to play, I had to play the whole game out. And I also, which was weird because I also got a card from the internet. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's from I a just, real player. I had two internet cards. Yeah. And I can't, I can't remember what it was called. It was something, something boy. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Super uh, shooty boy or something. <laughs> I thought it's such a, they're, they, they do a lot of like really unique and fun things that you you haven't um, 
really experienced in any other game outside of maybe i guess pony island and doki doki literature club which also you know plays around with actual file manipulation like you have to do it yourself in order to to progress in the game in doki doki you have to like exit the game and like edit a text file and stuff um so like that sort of stuff is really interesting and and really something you'd only be able to do on pc i think uh i think inscription is pc only i for some reason i thought maybe there was a switch version but i i think it is pc only um but like for doki doki literature club when they they created the plus version they had to actually like build out like a fake os for the console versions because obviously you can't edit text files on your switch in in your switch yeah yeah so it's that sort of stuff i find really interesting and i think inscription in part three did some really cool and fun stuff and then also some really like kind of weird and freaky stuff like i think the file manipulation is is not is it's a it's kind of a, a weird weirdly like kind of a scare tactic right like i don't I don't think anyone's comfortable with anything saying they're going to manipulate their <laughs> your files because you know it's it's not like it's an Xbox where it's just a bunch of games that you can re-download on there. Like you know, you might have Office stuff on there. You might do your taxes on that computer. I don't know. It's, it was a little creepy, um, but obviously you look it up and it's like it's totally harmless. And and uh, I did look it up. It's like what happens when you lose? Like well, it doesn't actually delete the file. It just just tells you to delete it. I wasn't as worried necessarily about it, like deleting my files or anything. I was just like, why is this game like reading my files? Like looking at them at all. Like that was, I was just like, I don't remember giving it permission, but I probably did in all of those terms and conditions I never read on anything. But yeah, it was very much like, I don't know. It just gave me the creeps that I was like, why are you looking at my computer? I don't like this. <laughs> it is creepy. I think from a permission like standpoint. It doesn't do anything. No. It's just one of the, it's just, it just felt invasion of privacy. And I mean, I don't have anything like super crazy. Like most of my stuff is just like you said, like old podcast stuff. Like I do do my taxes digitally. So like, and I have like all of my old resumes and all that kind of stuff is all on there. Like I have files from when I went to school and, and now when I'm going to school, like but it's nothing like it's still stuff I wouldn't want just out to random people on the internet, right? Like <laughs> it's all very personal stuff. It's like it's things like my address. And I'm like, I don't know who you are, developers of inscription. Like, no, I don't want you to see my resume from five years ago. Like, I don't know. It just like I said, just gave me the bleh. It must be able to just read uh, file names and folder names. And I think. They, yes. Yeah. Which is yeah. all which is all it was and all it shows you. Right. But yeah. it just yeah, it was just the it was a moment in the game where I almost just like turned it off and literally uninstalled it because it just made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess like, you know, if you store your passwords as file names of text files, you might not want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Game. Although exactly. those files aren't going to help you because like they'd be too small. So um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It, there are some moments in part three, but I, I really, I enjoyed, I think, yeah, I enjoyed part one the most. Uh, I am going to check out the mod once it kind of, you know, gets a bit more uh, development time. And um, I definitely am not because I've played enough of that now. You've already, yeah, you've <laughs> yeah, already played I've, I got the experience. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's good. I need to go back in and, and, and experience a little bit more of it. I was a little, I was a little bummed when I finished part one because I think part one is one of the stronger moments. Uh, part three has has a lot of fun too. I, I liked part three. Honestly, 
I think I would have really enjoyed part one if it kept going. Hmm. Like if if it played a little bit more, even maybe like um, the robot when the robot's in charge or was it when the robot? Yeah, when the robot's in charge where you have almost like save points. Like if you had a save point every three bosses or something, but it just kept going with more and more bosses, I think I really, really would have liked uh, inscription if that's all that it was just you in a cabin with this creepy guy with creepy eyes who just sat across the table from you putting on different masks as you hit a different boss and there was just like 50 bosses and a save point every few bosses I think I really would have loved that game it was just it got too repetitive because it was the same boss fights over and over and over again yeah no that's a good point I think that uh, I, there yeah like I, I think for me like as a complete you know, game, getting to experience the story and the mechanics and stuff like I really did enjoy it. But it's kind of like a when you start to like take it apart and look at all the different gameplay parts and and, and there are very much like specific parts that were more enjoyable than others. And I think that um, you kind of look at it and you think like, oh, man, it'd be really cool if I could have more of this expand upon like that finale mm-hmm. part and let me experience the other the other uh, scribes and stuff. But it really felt like they were building this this story and they wanted the game to kind of like take you through that story and and, yeah it it really was story first i think like they they built the game around a story that they wanted to tell as opposed to just building a good card game and i think that they had the makings for a really good card game in here if they just kind of stuck to it instead of like trying to push the game forward in a way that would tell a story, if that makes sense. Um, but I think, yeah, like it, it overall, it, it was OK. I, I had some fun moments. I had some really frustrating moments. Um, there were definitely some times where I texted Ryan and I'm like, I am going to burn my office to the ground. This is the worst game I've ever played. And I fucking hate it. I can't believe you're making me play this. And then there were other times where I was like, basically, once I got out of part one, (laughs) I started to have a bit of a better time just because I was getting really, really frustrated. But um, yeah, I think overall, it's a pretty decent game. Um, it's definitely story over gameplay, I think. And they had some really interesting concept. I concepts that I wish that they had expanded on, but you know, it is what it is. They're using it. They're using a card game as a storytelling mechanism and it's fine, but it could have been a better card game. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be interested to see where it goes. Cause again, like from the developer's perspective, he, it really seems like a, we've done the game. We're moving on to the next project. Uh, the fact that they've kind of taken on the mod and and have continued its development and plan to release it as a a piece of free DLC or an update or whatever is is kind of interesting and and maybe will lead to other you know spinoffs of Inscription because I think there's a, like you said a lot of a lot of fun they could expand upon so we'll mm-hmm. we'll see and it's been really well received like I think Pony Island was kind of more of a smaller title that had a cult following but Inscription really feels like it it has uh, exploded since it's, it's yeah it's definitely uh made its way into more mainstream for sure 
so I think, yeah, that's that's our overall thoughts on Inscription. Let us know if you guys are playing and how quickly you made it through part one. I will say, Ryan, I did go and look at other people on my Steam's friend list just to see like how much time they had in the game. And everybody is around like the 20 and 30 hour mark. So the fact that you finished it in 10, like it's it's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. And I am never going to let you live your horseshoes down. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I am. I, you know what? I'll, I'll pay my uh, my penance. I'll download the endless mod i will play for another 10 hours okay perfect excellent <laughs> then let me know how much you like part one <laughs> all right good do it i'll report back uh soon in 10 hours of ryan excellent <laughs> Uh, if you guys like the show, if you guys like the content we are producing, head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. We're currently looking for our February patron. So if you would like your name here, head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. That brings us to the new section of the show. It's been a pretty busy week this past week, actually. We um, had the uh, Activision Blizzard King uh, shareholders call where they announced that they're going to be doing something with World of Warcraft in the mobile space. Uh, we had some shake up at Google. We had Wolf Among Us 2 info. And today, February 9th, there was a Nintendo Direct. So we have tons of news to cover today. Um, and so I think I'm going to we'll start with Warcraft because I feel like we can get through this pretty quickly, at least from my perspective. <laughs> um, so basically in the world, in the Activision, Activision Blizzard King um, shareholder call, they said that Blizzard is planning substantial new content for the Warcraft franchise in 2022, including an all new mobile World of Warcraft, sorry, all new mobile Warcraft content in players' hands for the first time. So I think a lot of people took this um, substantial new content, which is like the first half of the sentence about Warcraft, and really expanded that into the second part, which basically just says we're going to have new mobile content. Um, we've known that Activision Blizzard has been working on mobile content for all of their IPs. Those job postings, I think, have been up for like, I want to say like three or four years now, like pre-pandemic, they were looking for devs to work on their mobile stuff. So this isn't necessarily out of left field. But um, in terms of substantial new content for Warcraft, we're expecting a new expansion to come this fall. Like fall 2022, we're expecting to be whatever the successor for Shadowlands is. So that to me is the substantial new content. The fact that we're also going to get Warcraft content, everyone's talking about how they think it's going to be a game. I'm like, this could be literally nothing. Like last <laughs> time they had a mobile game was the Diablo Immortal announcement, which Diablo Immortal has still not been released officially. Um, and that was, I think, 2018 that was announced. That was the Diablo Immortal year. So like we're literally three and a half years out <laughs> from that announcement and still has not been has not been put out yet. Um, but yeah, like that was that was like headlined BlizzCon and you could say, because I think this was Garrett's point um, when we talked about it, was that um, that seemed like a mistake. <laughs> like they maybe didn't know their audience. But um, like that was a mistake to announce it as a flagship thing at BlizzCon. I don't think making it... I think if this was a Warcraft game on your phone, they would have announced it in a more... In a, in a better way than it was just like the second half of one sentence in, a, in an investor's call. Like that seems like burying the lead way too much for this to actually be a game. Ryan, what do you think? 
I I am still flabbergasted that you said that there's a new WoW expansion coming out this fall. That seems like is is that too soon? Is that has it already been? No, that's it's been two years or like it will be two years. It came out in um in fall 2020. Um, Shadowlands did. I mean, I'm guessing that doesn't happen, even though it has been two years. I mean, it feels like we get the. Well, we know we know that 9.2, which is the patch that we're waiting on right now, is the last patch of Shadowlands. So there is no more Shadowlands content past the patch, which we're expecting in the spring. Right. So we've got to get something in the fall. It's not going to be Shadowlands. So Do, don't they <laughs> normally uh, they've they've been, I'm not wrong in that they've usually announced it by now. Obviously, Blizzard has had um um, it's yeah. still only the first week of February, so I mean, like, I guess uh, I'm trying to remember when they announced Shadowlands. Wasn't it? I guess uh, it would have been BlizzCon, and there was no BlizzCon this year, so true. they're kind of moving to this like announce when we're ready to announce sort of a model, as opposed to trying to make all the big announcements for their franchises line up in November. So I don't think that they're like I I wouldn't read too much into that. I'll put it that way. Um. Uh, I okay. think like this this is when like um fall 2022 is when we would expect a new expansion out of Warcraft and the fact that they've said we're not making any Shadowlands content beyond 9.2 which is the one that we're expecting out in the next month or so um like they they have to give us something else this year. <laughs> right. So reading the the quote again, you know, planning sub- substantial new content, that's the expansion. That's uh, the expansion, okay. yeah. Uh, so I guess like I'm guilty, a guilty party of like reading Blizzard, Warcraft, mobile content. And I thought, oh, great, we're getting a mobile game. And I was actually fine with that. I was, you know, for every person who said, who, you know, poo-pooed Diablo Immortal, I'm sitting there saying like, you know what, that sounds great. Like, give give us a Blizzard mobile game. I'll check it out. Yeah, see, this is the thing. All accounts of Diablo Immortal are that it's a really fun game to play. It's a really fun mobile game to play. They just chose the wrong venue to announce it because they had nothing to announce for their PC audience, which is basically who goes to BlizzCon, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) and when everyone was expecting at that time a Diablo 4 announcement and instead they get a mobile game, like... It was a tough crowd. <laughs> yeah, and and I get that. So uh, with the context that you're providing, I think you're right. It makes sense. Like I think when they say all new mobile Warcraft content, that sounds like um, I will give them the benefit of the doubt and even give them maybe a little bit more and say that uh, it less than a, a WoW companion app and more of like a substantial connection to the expansion that you can then use your phone to 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 interact with like i don't think it's not yeah yeah right now the companion app lets you play your mission table which is Mm. like where you like choose your champions and then send them out for that time gated bullshit that's what the app does right now sure so i mean i think this is probably just an update to the companion app honestly um i think i don't know what they're gonna add to it but like it could be as little as like a transmog viewer or like an encyclopedia of all of your battle pets or you know some sort of collection manager i don't necessarily think that it's going to be any sort of integration like people have been talking forever about how like world of warcraft should make a standalone basically pokemon game so that you can play and level your battle pets without having to be in World of Warcraft. Like that is the easiest transition, I think, or like translation of 
something in World of Warcraft, the game, that would also work on mobile. But I mean, like whether they're actually going to do that or not, like that's probably the most requested mobile feature, but that doesn't mean Blizzard's going to do it. Um, so it's like outside of the interaction with the mission table, which again is very basic. I don't really know, like, because the thing about battle pets in World of Warcraft is like they would have to figure out a way to take your character. I guess you could battle against other people easily enough, but in terms of actually like collecting the pets, you have to like for not for all of them, but for a lot of them, they're what like wild pets, which means you have to like go out in the world in a certain zone and all the little critters that always populated World of Warcraft were just turned into battle pets. So like you have to go out into the world into this little corner where all these little polar bear pets are because it's kind of snowy because that's how you get up into Wintergrasp and that's the only place in World of Warcraft that those little polar bears exist. I'm I'm making this up as I go, but you get the idea. <laughs> like nobody quote me that there's little polar bear cubs on the way into Wintergrasp. <laughs> uh, checks out. I think there's. Uh, I will. As someone who knows nothing about what uh, Wintergrasp is. I know what a polar bear is. There's probably polar bears there. Probably. But yeah, like, you know what I mean, though? Like, you have to physically take your character to that location in order to encounter that specific kind of pet. I don't think they can translate that into a mobile app unless you're talking about going, like, full on, you can play World of Warcraft on your phone, which I don't think they'll do. Um, So then it kind of goes, okay, well, what parts of the pet battle system can we put into a mobile context, which I think, like, either viewing your collection building teams or maybe possibly like playing against other players, like doing PVP content is something you could potentially take into mobile because when you're playing like PVP in world of Warcraft, PVP pet battling, it's literally like a queue, like you queue for a dungeon, you just queue for a pet battle. Um, So I think you could easily translate that into a mobile like game air quotes because you're not going to any specific location in World of Warcraft, the game itself, to battle other pet battlers. Right. So maybe this is maybe the old Blizzard talking, but like, uh, do enough people care about uh, pet battles to to spend the money <sighs> to build that app out? Yeah. So the thing is, pet battle, or I guess battle pets, are one of the only things that Warcraft actually sells in the real money store. They basically sell mounts and battle pets. So it, and I think they would have a lot of luck getting people to engage with the system a little bit more away from their World of Warcraft time, if that makes sense. Like they've put so many things in the game right now that you have to grind for your player power level that there's no time to do anything else that doesn't directly contribute to your player power. But if, you know, when people are, you know, going, have commutes and are on public transit and all that kind of stuff, like once we stop working from home as much, there's a really good chance that a lot of these PC gamers are going to have some time on their hands. And I think there's a lot of people who would spend that time doing a couple of pet battles the same way they spend that time playing a couple of Hearthstone games. Like it very much, I think there is an audience for that that just doesn't use their sitting at the PC playing Warcraft time in the pet battle space. But I think that there would definitely be an interest in that 
Um, people just don't have the time for it when there's, or they don't make the time for it when they're sitting down at their computer. But that doesn't mean that there isn't necessarily a demand. And since it is one of the things that Warcraft sells, it's always um, like there's always a companion pet with every collector's edition of every expansion. Like, I think they make a lot of money on companion pets. There's also a lot of companion pets on the auction house that se- that sell for a lot of goals, which means that people can buy tokens to get gold, right? So I spend my real like $20 and I get a token worth 150,000 gold in Warcraft. And then I go spend that on a battle pet. Like I've basically paid Blizzard $20 for a battle pet. Like... So they make a lot of money, I think, on mm. uh, on battle pets or companion pets, whatever you want to call them. And uh, so I think that that would be a smart way for them to potentially increase that audience, maybe even create like a new audience because it does lend itself a lot to mobile um, and potentially bring in money. Like there aren't a whole lot of other things you can do in WoW that might potentially increase your income, right? Like if I'm Blizzard. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, hey, maybe that like, again, I was excited about this, but now now I'm not not as excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't mean to kill anyone's excitement. I just want to like temper expectations because I think um, the statements that they put out there aren't really like we're going to make a new mobile RTS or something built in the Warcraft universe. Like, I think that's where I've seen some people take it. And I'm like, oh, oh you're taking that way too far. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is that is pie in the sky. That is you're just you're dreaming way too big. I yeah. I was at least thinking like just something Warcraft related, nothing like crazy, maybe like a. Like well, a, yeah. And yeah. they also said Warcraft. They didn't even say World of Warcraft. So there's yeah. no there's no guarantee that it even ties into World of Warcraft in any way. Yeah, I mean, who um, knows? They said yeah. it's coming in 2022, so we should know soon, one way or the other, what the hell they're working on. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, isn't now the time frame that there would have been a Blizz BlizzCon line? I know they canceled it, but uh, they did cancel it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So again, like I said, they're they're moving into this place where it's just like when there's stuff to announce, just announce it instead of holding it for some specific convention. So yeah, yeah. I mean. I honestly don't know. I, I I bet we're probably waiting a couple more months. I think um, they'll probably put the 9.2 patch out. And then once that's out, we'll maybe hear about um, some future plans, including whatever this this mobile content is. And, and we'll go from there. But um, yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Google. Sure. Um, so, yeah, Stadia is no more <laughs> after yeah. after so much hype. <laughs> Well, Google just loves to kill stuff. It's like, I feel like they buy and brand things just so they can kill them off. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this story, it, I'm having a bit of deja vu because I think like er, like maybe late summer, early fall, there was talk that Google Stadia was was spinning down. I think Google. this was at a point when Google had let go of a lot of their uh, development studios that they purchased mm. um, in, in relation to launching Stadia. And kind of moving Google Stadia over to just be like a, a technology that they license out, which makes perfect sense uh, from from Google's perspective. You put all this work into building this technology that worked. Like I, I played a little bit of Google Stadia and I, I think it was like one of the better options. But again, like I don't feel like paying Google and in a different store to, to own these games cloud only. Like I, I think Microsoft... And Sony have the better model where it, it is cloud gaming through your own library uh, that you already own or through Game Pass a subscription. Um, 
But with this new Google Stream, I had no idea, but I guess uh, several companies like Capcom and Bungie have been looking at the service. And Didn't uh, Bungie just get bought? Didn't we talk about that last week? They did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> are, they still, are they still going to be interested in Google now that they were bought by, was it PlayStation or Sony? Well, it was, it was, well, it was, uh, same, same like thing. Sony. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. Same thing, but like, no, no, yeah, no. They, it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. So Sony, Sony bought Bungie. Yeah. All right, so would any like um, previous interest that Bungie may have shown to Stadia slash Google stream? Like, do we think that that is still even going to be a thing? Like, well, I mean, Bungie has stated after like during the acquisition that was an announcement, they were stating that they want to bring, they want to use these resources to bring Destiny to as many platforms as possible. Um, and uh, Destiny really championed Stadia. Uh, they, it was part of the marketing, like it was front and center. And um, Sony, the only thing that kind of comes, you know, in front of this point is that Sony actually uses Microsoft services for cloud gaming and they have a partnership. So Sony and Microsoft have a partnership for cloud gaming. Um, it's kind of funny, but again, yeah. there's only so many companies that offer this, this kind of technology. Mm-hmm. So, you know, chances are you're working with a competitor. Uh, but you know, you could also see them use Google stream to bring destiny on other games to uh, the switch. The switch is getting a lot of cloud, versions of games uh square enix launched uh, guardians of the galaxy on the switch via cloud um we're getting all of the kingdom hearts games via cloud so it's not like this technology uh isn't in high demand so you could see google licensing this technology nintendo's already fine with you putting like a shell app that costs 80 dollars onto their store so it's it's not a, a bad uh it's not a bad idea like i know there are other um services that offer that uh but they're not as well known as google like google could really leverage their name and maybe the the rebranding to google stream makes a lot of sense because if you bring up stadia you're only going to be reminded of this failed launch uh and if you just call it google <laughs> stream like the technology is solid so yeah uh, i think this is a really uh, this is a smart idea, so smart that I think this this news has broke a couple times. But Google still is saying like, no, 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 Stadia's fine. Don't worry about this. Stadia's still good. Um, which again, like I think I think you can only do that one more time. Like three strikes and and Stadia really is dead, even if you do deny it. Um, but yeah, like it, it's a uh, it's it's odd, but it, it makes sense for them to shift. Like I think Stadia has has outgrown its sort of welcome. Like it's kind of funny when you mention a game coming to Stadia because I don't think it's as, it's not prevalent anymore. Like people aren't really using it. I think NVIDIA actually probably, uh, their their streaming service I think has come a long way um, since launch. So, and and you can play all, your whole Steam library on the NVIDIA one. So mm-hmm. it it's, uh, we'll see where this goes, but I, I think you're going to see more companies licensing this out like i think i think capcom has uh I, I think they i think they did a cloud version of resident evil something on the switch i can't remember but uh yeah like i i i could see uh more companies licensing this and uh it only makes sense for google to k- kill it in a way that keeps it alive i guess you know like it's not yeah. like <laughs> google buzz or google plus where they're literally just shutting yeah. it down this they're kind of like pivoting which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, rebranding and rethinking, I think, is fair. Um, yeah. 
And speaking of, uh, I guess it's not really rebranding, but to me, it definitely looks like rethinking. Uh, Wolf Among Us 2 got a trailer. Um, It looks weird to me and it sounds weird. And I don't know if this is just like a, a COVID thing where like everyone's recording their voices at home instead of in a, in a proper studio or something. But like I watched that trailer and it just like the voices sound different. The the animations and stuff look to me very odd. Like it's lost that um, like everything looks too shiny for me. And there was some amount of like grittiness to Wolf Among Us, the original. And it feels like it's lost that in the in the little bit of footage that we did see. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I think that um, we were talking a bit about this pre-show, and I think for me, I I didn't I didn't immediately get that sense. I'm, I'm watching it here a little bit as as we're talking, but I think yeah, for I'm me, doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of came across as like they they leaned into the comic style, which is more of like a like a more of a noir look, like a very simplified, you know, I, uh, flat yeah. colors. I don't even know what it like because I'm looking very specifically at like the outside the motel shot when it's like raining Um, and it just looks almost like maybe too simplistic or something. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It just like like the lights are just like triangles and the the character that's like running through the rain is again like his his coat is super shiny and like it, it looks like somebody even in the background like there's like a kind of cityscape in the background and it looks like somebody just like drew rectangles in photoshop like i don't know it just ah it's lost something for me (laughs) i think you know what it is here's here's the thing when i saw this trailer um less so with the expanse trailer that uh telltale showed off uh, so telltale again i hope they really don't fall into the trap of like look we're making a bunch of games right now they have two announced they have uh, the, the expanse uh, and then they have wolf among us Two. wolf among us two was the first one that was announced in a press release when they you know they were relaunching telltale um you see this trailer or i, I should say i saw this trailer and i immediately thought like oh this is telltale you can tell right away from the way their their characters look and animate and and whatnot and I think maybe that's the issue is that they took the Telltale engine that we haven't seen in quite a while, like five years. We have next-gen mm-hmm. consoles. They're targeting next-gen. Um, it's also going to be available on on the previous gen uh, and the current gen, I should say. But it just feels like maybe that's, you know, um, what's happened is, like, they've just upgraded the engine so it, like, it just has that sheen, that polish. So it's, like, higher resolution. Like, they've put more you know, uh, detail into the, uh, into the, into the scenes and such. And maybe that's what's, um, and they're actually able to hit 60 frames per second. Um, <laughs> maybe that's, what's doing it is just, it maybe. feels too clean. Um, but in terms of the voices, I, I could have sworn everyone was coming back, but I did get the sense that Bixby sounded a little off. Like it didn't yes, sound like, okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the, I should know the guy who plays it because I'm pretty sure it's one of the guys from Critical Role and I've been watching that Vox Machina um, show on Amazon Prime. But I think it's, uh, is it Travis Willingham or something? I'm pretty sure when they announced Wolf Among Us 2, like that was, but maybe that was the first time they announced it. <laughs> They've announced this show or, or this game a couple times yeah. where it was canceled. Um, but, you know, Wolf Adam Among Us Adam Harrington. 
Is that who it is? I don't think that's who played yeah. in the first one, was it? Bigby is voiced by Adam Harrington, who also voices the woodsman from Little Red Riding Hood, Bigby's longtime rival. Huh. It's Big B, not Bixby. <laughs> yeah, Big B, Big B, Big, Big B. Bad. Yeah, Big Bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, at least we know now. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you said Adam Harrington, and it says he's returning. So I don't know. It's it made, <laughs> the internet says it's the same person, but you and yeah, I both but it like listen to it like, like the same person. Yeah. Which again, I, maybe it is just a matter of like it's been a long time since it has been yeah it has been well yeah a wolf among us the original one came out in 2013 so i mean that's literally nine years ago (laughs) yeah i i really do like when i saw the expanse trailer i really think it is just the telltale style in the current generation because we haven't had one since you know the final season of the walking dead and that was very much a game that was protracted through like the telltale shutting down and and also using the the walking dead engine and look and feel like it was dated when it came out and i think this is them relaunching with new tools working with the unreal engine i think was the announcement and i I gotta say like you know looking at the characters they are introducing in this trailer you're getting more of like a um the the wicked which of the West type well, <laughs> wizard of Oz. That's it. You're getting like <laughs> tin man, you're getting scarecrow. And we were talking pre-show, like you were saying, that's probably Dorothy on the couch, which to me, like didn't check out until I had to remember like, Oh, they really do create mature versions of every character. And I love that just scarecrows just, just, uh, indulging in what is likely some, you know, fable drugs or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool introduction to these characters. I don't think we got those types of characters in the first game. Like they kept really close to like the traditional fairy tale characters, like the three little pigs, the big bad wolf, that sort of thing. So uh, it's interesting to see them kind of jump out to what I feel is kind of like a separate fables story. Although I guess it's all it's all kind of the same. But I I like uh, I like what they're introducing in this trailer like it looks like there's more action it looks like there might be you know some more uh some some newer characters introduced we don't see snow white we we get a name drop but yeah they name dropped her <laughs> yeah but i don't know it uh it looks good it's not out till 2023 uh it's coming to playstation xbox and pc but uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We really liked the first one. We did really like the first one. Yeah. I'm glad that they're revisiting that universe anyways. Yeah, for sure. And then finally today, we did have a Nintendo Direct. So, Ryan, I know that there's at least one thing here that you're super stoked about because uh, you are the Fire Emblem guy. Yeah, so I'll I'll say this. Uh, as some folks know, I, I do a, a Fire Emblem specific podcast called summoners call that is on the gamers in website uh and we'll likely talk about the game in a little more detail over there next week uh but <laughs> they started off the direct and there's been rumors of a new fire emblem game uh, actually two new fire emblem games and this kind of feels like the monkey's paw version because it's like oh you want a new fire emblem oh you want more three houses well guess what we're gonna give you a warriors game so this is Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes that was announced. It's coming out in June on the Nintendo Switch. And it's one of those things where the trailer starts off and you're thinking, oh, great, new Fire Emblem. And it is technically new Fire Emblem, but it is it is set in the warrior style. 
Um, this isn't the first Fire Emblem Warriors game we got. The first one was more in line with what we got with uh, Hyrule Warriors, sort mm-hmm. of like a throw, like an Avengers Endgame style, throw all your best characters into the same game and come up with some like weird portals excuse for them all being there. <laughs> Literally the story to Fire Emblem Warriors and, and Hyrule Warriors for that matter. Uh, but this is more in line with Age of Calamity where they're taking a specific game and expanding upon it or, or just doing a whole new story. So this feels like a whole new story within the three houses sort of universe, which is exciting. And, and it's only going to, it's coming out in like four months. So we'll, we'll have it in our hands uh, this summer, which is, which is I think really great. And like I said, we'll talk more about it on summoners call, but um, I, I have a feeling a lot of people were super stoked when the trailer started. Cause it very much was fire emblem vibes. And then as soon as, as it like they kind of hit it really well until you started to see some of the gameplay and then mm. and then the trailer was like fire emblem warriors and people it, i'm sure a lot of people were like oh but yeah i was yeah. gonna say i didn't keep up with the like real-time tweets of everybody who was watching the direct but i'm sure that there was a lot of oh, it's happening wait what's happening yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean similar to age like actually very much unlike age of calamity where they said they introduced breath of the wild 2 new trailer and then they and then they said like oh but we have something that will tie you over and it's this you know hyrule warriors-esque adventure game and and i think that they managed expectations really well and they and they set people up not to be disappointed but maybe even a little bit intrigued about trying a new gameplay style but i think in this in this specific instance it was a cold open here's a Fire Emblem trailer, no wait, it's Warriors. And I'm sure um, for Fire Emblem-specific fans, like, that was a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, But for folks that maybe were, like, maybe looking forward to the rumors coming true, um, this was uh, this was maybe not what they were hoping for. But yeah, I got to say, like, this Direct as a whole, like, this was a really jam-packed, February direct um, setting us up for the basically right up until E3 uh, timeframe, like June, July area. And there's a couple of games that kind of fall outside of that realm, but like really 40 minutes of just a lot, like a lot of announcements Mm -hmm. across multiple franchises, um, some, some returns to franchise that I didn't think we would ever go back to, but they did. uh, And, and some, some DLC, it, there's a there's a lot here, so like I don't know how you want to go through this, but uh, like, was there anything that kind of popped out for you that was that you're looking forward to? Um, actually, Splatoon. Um, so Splatoon three is coming this summer, and uh, it watching the trailer for Splatoon three really made me want to go play Splatoon two. <laughs> like, I kind of almost forgot about how much I really enjoyed that game. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to an update. Yeah, and uh, the trailer specifically focused on the co-op, which was, I think, mm-hmm. um, a mode that I wish I played more of in Splatoon 2. I know. Yeah, I, I did I could, not but... play any of it. All I played was the PvP, basically. I don't even think I ever finished the like the story in Splatoon 2. I just spent all of my time in the PvP because it was just so freaking fun. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And I think uh, Splatoon 3, it, it's coming out this summer. I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. I think that uh, Splatoon One was overlooked just because it was on the Wii, and I got I'm glad it got another chance on the Switch with Splatoon Two, and I'm and I'm 
really stoked to see them uh, revisiting it so soon uh, with Splatoon three. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if they add more. I I would really like to see them expand a bit on the campaign. I think the campaign in two and then the expansion that they put out was really cool. Um, and I I think seeing more from the campaign would be neat. Uh, the fact that they've kind of shifted over to look at the salmon run stuff uh, makes me think that we're probably going to be getting like a huge uh, campaign reveal at E3 likely mm-hmm. with the game launching maybe a month later. So it kind of tees it up really well um, to uh, revisit that in the E3 timeframe. But um, how, how do you feel about Kirby uh, and what was it? Oh <laughs> what, my God. Big mouth Mo- mode or what? Mouth they- <laughs> mo- mouthful mode. Mouthful mode. That's worse. It's worse I, than I might be wrong. Mode. I might, I might be getting that wrong. <laughs> no, it is definitely but, mouthful mode. I now that you said it out loud, it's like I, I can't. I think that yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm yeah, just, mouthful, yeah mode. mouthful mode. Yeah, is um. It seems like a translation error. <laughs> like this thing is so freaking weird. That being said, Kirby looks like a game that I'm gonna play and have a ton of fun in, but. Oh my god! So basically, Kirby like eats bigger objects that are bigger than him, uh-huh. and then is like just covers them with himself. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, like I'm doing. I'm making it sound even worse than it actually looks. He doesn't seem at all worried about it either. Like he's he's putting that whole rusty car in his mouth. He is stretchy, right? So this, yeah. this should probably be fine the way he like tried to eat the car it sounded like an accident it looked like an accident at first like he's yeah he's eating the car and then and then he <laughs> he's just kind of covering the top of the car and then you're like able to control the car yeah like a blanket sure uh and then you're able to like drive around as the car and then they showed a whole bunch of other options like it seems like you can basically eat anything in the game and just become that thing um, I'm trying to remember what some of the other examples were that they showed, but you basically get different powers based on the thing it is that you ate. Yeah. Which is very Kirby, right? Yeah. So there's a vending machine. There was like a light bulb. Oh, right. Uh, Cause you could like shoot cans at your enemies if you ate the vending machine. Yeah. It's kind of neat. It's almost like, you know, it, it expands upon the mystery of what Kirby is and can do in that like, okay, you can copy you know, people's abilities and you, you, you poop them out as stars when you're done. Um, uh, or, or air, I guess, I don't know anyways, but then in this instance, like you are this like robot blanket at best that like interacts with electronics and are able to revive, like the car looks like it's not going to move one inch, but until Kirby kind of like, you know, uh, absorbs absorbs it it or like (laughs) interfaces with it yeah maybe that's a good word for it interfacing (laughs) i guess i guess it's like this is one of those instances where you know nintendo just wanted a new mechanic and like i don't know maybe kirby just kind of like turns into a blanket and then like you know uh, just, just drapes himself over it and then now he can control the car yeah perfect put it in what do we call it they should not probably have called it mouthful mode i like (laughs) I mean, maybe uh, it's just, I don't know. But it looks so much, like you're right, it looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait to pick this one up. It's coming up March 25th. And um, it just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's a 
I don't I wouldn't say it's the next logical step in terms of expanding upon Kirby's powers, but you know, I guess it's better than him it's more realistic than him turning into a car, I guess. <laughs> I love that you're talking about Kirby and its realism. I don't know, man. <laughs> but then it's like kind of set in the real world. The, he finds a city, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like that looks like a real world city. But then there's also a lot of other areas he seemed to explore that were like totally different and very fantastical. Mm-hmm. So I am a little bit confused what like the theme of this game is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I don't know, but it looks like it looks it, like a fever dream, but it, I'm going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's the vibes I'm getting from Kirby. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be out before you know it. And uh, if this is uh, if, if the new debate is going to be Horizon versus Kirby, uh, you know, that sounds fine by me. Well, it's coming out in March. I'm going to be done Horizon like three times over by the time Kirby comes out. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, there was also like some, uh, a couple sports games. So Mario Strikers, I don't know if you played Mario Strikers uh, on no. the GameCube. Um, it was a like... I was like aware of it, but yeah. I don't... I mean, we traditionally don't play sports games right like that's no. one genre of game we just like sports games racing games not gonna really be covered on gamers in sorry guys <laughs> no no i mean sometimes they break through but usually that's just due to game pass but uh i think with mario strikers like the mario sports games i always did like enjoy them but i've i haven't really gone back to them lately because i feel like they are just let's make another one of these for the console um like i never played mario tennis or golf on the switch uh, I think I had it in my house for a while. I borrowed it from my brother. I just never booted it up. So that should say a whole lot about those sports games. It's just They don't do it for me anymore. But uh, Strikers was a franchise that is, uh, was on the Wii, skipped the Wii U. And it is a game uh, that I don't know if this one's being developed by Next Level Games, but it's it was developed uh, previously by the folks that did Luigi's Mansion 2 and 3. Mm. So it's a really awesome developer. And it was a really fun soccer game. So the fact that they're bringing it back is really cool. I played the crap out of it on the GameCube and I'm looking forward to seeing how this one stacks up. But another game they announced was a Wii sports follow-up and they're just calling it sports, (laughs) (laughs) which, all right, that's fine. I mean, that's that's so Nintendo. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, guess what guys? We got sports on the switch. Now EA might not be making them, but we are, uh, it's called Nintendo Switch Sports, and it is it is very much a follow up to Wii Sports, which makes a hundred percent sense. Like, why would you abandon one of the most popular uh, games out there on yeah, the Wii? The so. Wii Sports like game sold so many consoles. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember when the Wii came out. Like, it was you'd have people over to your house just to play Wii Bowling, and that's yes, all the you bowling! played. Bowling! Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone freaking loved that. We would have like whole college parties and yep. nobody wanted to do anything except bowling. <laughs> yep. I remember. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's they're bringing back the 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 best of the best sports games with tennis, soccer. Uh, although, you know, ten, no, sorry, tennis and bowling. And uh, I feel like soccer, badminton and volleyball are new. And then there's a couple of I think there's a sword game from the resort one that they're bringing back. I I can't remember where they called it, but uh, they're adding golf in the fall. 
And uh, they're also going to have different modes, like a variant on bowling, which I thought this sounded really cool. They call it survival bowling. It's basically like <laughs> bowling battle royale. It sounds wow. amazing. Uh, and and this one's coming out in April, so again, like not too far off. And I I know you. I don't know if you watched the trailer, but uh, they they kind of upgraded the Mies. and I think it's like a really solid upgrade to what was you know a pretty a pretty basic representation of an avatar. Right. And I think, I think they did a pretty good job, uh, upgrading it. Like it's not, no one's going to write home about it, but, uh, I don't know. I thought, uh, the evolution of the me, I think they did a pretty good job. Cause I think the Wii U, they just kind of like poured them over, but this really feels like they've, they've given them more of a body <laughs> as a, po- <laughs> you know, and unlike Facebook, they have legs. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> those facebook things are just horrific yeah oh, i man. thought i lost you for a second but i guess yeah i know i well i mean you did and you lost me in the horror that is that meta bullshit <laughs> yeah. yeah so oh, yeah. man are you excited about uh, a wii sports follow-up i mean i'm sure we'll play it i mean yeah. we have played so much mario party um in the last little while that i think having having party games like we don't have very many people over right now obviously but like when we do have a friend or two over for the weekend like mario party always kills so i feel like given the popularity of how like our friends still like to play group video games when they come and hang out and then plus the popularity of wii sports back in the day i think i it will definitely see play in the carney household for sure (laughs) good stuff yeah no i i think uh i think it'll be one of those games where I think the kids will get a huge kick out of it. So yeah, I, yeah. I was kind of thinking, ah, maybe I won't get it, but I, I think now I, I yeah, kind of have will. to. You will. <laughs> okay, so how excited are you about Xenoblade? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, you just finished two. Are you excited <laughs> to jump into another 150-hour game? <laughs> you know, here's the thing about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which did get announced. It was the very last announcement of the tri- uh, of the Direct. It's coming out in September. I am excited about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I'm going to get that out of the way. But I think my biggest problem with the Xenoblade Chronicles games is that they keep throwing the characters out. And I have to get to know a whole new cast of characters. And I'm one that kind of likes to have some familiarity between games. Um, And that was a tough part about, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 from playing 1. I, I never finished one, but I but I played enough of it where I'm like, oh, I I miss those characters, and I and I dig the connection between one and two, um, that I won't spoil. But like in three, <laughs> uh, it I get some, a sense that there will be characters from one and two that are able to um, continue on into three. They say three is the sort of combination of the futures of one and two, and okay. that will, that will make sense to uh, folks that have finished. Uh, finish two um i I only it only makes sense to me because i read a wikipedia article like i i I, I finished that game and i'm like what is happening um but yeah i'm I'm excited about it i i think there are specific characters that were in the trailer that very much look like uh characters from two um specifically uh nia uh from two so but again like it kind of looks i want to see i think someone i think jim in the discord was saying he needs to see the battle system and i kind of agree with him um, I'm fine if it is just the battle system from two, but I want, I'm worried that they made it wackier and harder to understand. <laughs> so that's my worry right now is I, I want to see the battle system. 
I don't necessarily need them to simplify it, but I'm worried they're like, they're going to be like, no, we need to make it even, even more complex. And I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. It was already hard enough. It took me six hours to learn that battle, those, that battle system again. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I think that, um, I hope that they can, they've, they've learned to work with the, the hardware a little bit more and, and can kind of, um, stabilize it a bit. Cause I think the first one had some, a bit of performance, uh, issues in the open world. It looked great, but it's still, it, it did struggle a little bit. So I'm actually surprised it's coming in September, to be honest, that seems so close. Yeah, and that was kind of the the latest release window that we got in the direct today, right? Like they very much were focusing on the first half of the year, with the exception of Xenoblade Chronicles three. But um, yeah, they they seem pretty stoked on it, though. Yeah, yeah. So are you going to pick this one up? I know you haven't finished two, but I didn't finish two. Yeah, so I don't know if I should. I did enjoy the parts of two that I played. I think I ended up putting like fifteen or twenty hours into it, and then I just kind of fell off. Um, but I mean. The parts that I played were fun. Mm. I can see myself probably enjoying three um, as long as I, you know, watch a YouTube video or <laughs> read a Wikipedia article first. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think uh, I think honestly, like I get the sense that you won't need to have played one and two to understand what's happening in three because mm-hmm. they will they will give you the pieces of information you need to know, like. I'm I'm like watching that trailer and I'm like excited about another Xenoblade game and then there's like a a a, a letter put out by the the director of the game and kind of talking a little bit more about what three means for the franchise and they're talking about you know people are noticing in the key art like oh there's like a thing from one and a thing from two and it's a big deal and I'm, I'm just looking at it it's like it just looks like a bunch of giant robot rocks in the background to me but (laughs) that is that means something to uh, yeah to folks that have played it so fans yeah i think if you go into three blind like you're gonna be fine like you'll get the you'll get the cutscenes that sort of talk to the big moments in one and two that you need to know um but i i don't think you need to have played one and i don't get the sense from the trailer that you need to have played one and two because i've played a good chunk of one and i've played all of two and nothing and from you're two. still lost <laughs> well nothing to me stood out in that trailer as like oh man that's the thing from two outside yeah. of that one character kind of looks like nia so that's it <laughs> I, I could be completely <laughs> wrong um I, I know folks in discord are are a little more uh familiar with the game but yeah no i i am excited for it and uh there was there was one other announcement like they had the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC, which is going to be added to the expansion pass. But they're adding, which I thought this was a good deal. They're adding 48 new courses. They're all remakes, but they're wow. 48 new courses um, for 25 bucks. And that that seems, that seems like, like a, a lot of content. Yeah, because I mean, it's a few minutes anyways to run a course once. So that seems like a big chunk of content. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be able to get the you'll be able to get like 48 courses for for 25 bucks or if you're part of the nintendo switch online plus expansion pass which i do have because of n64 games uh you'll be able to get uh access to these courses through that and the dlc is going to be first wave is coming march 18th there's going to be six waves and it'll launch it'll basically they're promising all that content will be out by the end of 2023 so essentially like the reports of mario kart 9 uh 
are probably like about a game coming out down the road because I feel like this DLC like you wouldn't release nine within the time frame of releasing DLC. Well, you're still doing yeah, exactly. So oh wow, yeah, that is really far out then. Yeah, so I I feel like Mario Kart Nine is likely a launch title or a launch window title for whatever the Switch successor is, and Nintendo keeps saying the Switch is in its midlife cycle. So uh, I wouldn't expect Mario Kart Nine for at least another three to four years, but yeah nintendo has done weirder things that is that is very true and if you want to go and talk about all those weird things you can head on over to bit.ly slash tgi discord and join in the wonderful conversations that all of our friends and fans have over in there including all of the ways that one and two tie in to xenoblade three that ryan and i just don't know (laughs) so if you guys want to go deep on some of these announcements again Head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That's going to do it for us this week. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, or Ryan at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.